The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Hey, and uh, people listening can't see this, but Will has got a very sexy setup. Uh, where You're in our hotel in Cleveland, is that right? Yeah, I'm in the hotel across the road from the comedy club that I'm playing because often at this time of the year, it snows a lot. So you have to stay as close as possible to the venue so you can actually get to the venue. Like there was one time last, last time I was in town where I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it the 100 metres from my hotel room to the club because I won't be able to get through the snow. I'm going to have to like tunnel through. I'm going to have to get El Chapo and his fellas to tunnel through the snow for me. So, But it's beautiful weather here in Cleveland. I'm set up in my extra large bedroom. Uh, when I was checking in, the lovely lady at the desk was like, oh, you're here for five days. I'm going to get you a better room. And so really I just have the same stuff that all the other rooms have in it, but I have twice the space. I just have a lot of empty space in my room. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like, I, I, I was saying off air, it looks like uh, you're set up for a webcam show. Like there's just a kind of sexy hint of your double bed in the background. There's some mood lighting going on. Yeah. if you Show us your tits. Yeah, if, if you're willing to take it into private, then I'll get on the bed and I'll podcast. <laughs> then maybe that's how we monetize the podcast. Maybe Patreon's the wrong idea. <laughs> yeah, we just do TOEFOP webcams. <laughs> yeah. And- if you like to see two almost middle-aged dudes... Dressed in like their pajamas, essentially, right. talking into microphones. That turns you on. Well, what we do is we like obviously it's you know it's it's got a pay structure. You know you need sort of credits and stuff, so you mm. can get some of it for free. But we won't really get into yeah. the good chat unless you take us into the private and start paying one ninety nine a minute, <laughs> and then we'll go to the real quality stuff. Yeah, that's where we'll put all, we'll put all the Batman and time travel talk into like behind a paywall. <laughs> So up until that, you just get the kind of uh, the catch up, the catch up discussion. But the good stuff doesn't start till fifteen minutes in. Yes, it'll be great too because we can tease them. It can be like it can be like a, a red tube clip where it's like, oh, we're getting to the good bit, and then we just flush it up. If you want to see more, go to Patreon top Patreon tofop slash dot com, whatever it is. No, I reckon it's a bit more like you've got to like get them to to click in. So what you got kind of doing is you're like, oh, it's interesting article here about Batman that I'd. Uh, like to read, I guess, if I... Uh, you know, the headline would be, you won't believe what happens right. next in this discussion about Batman. <laughs> Two guys are talking about Batman. You won't believe what happens next. Yeah. What is it? They still talk about Batman. <laughs> I guess it's the exciting premise. It's like, you know, like, I guess it's that sort of that thing of going, so, Charlie, which, uh, which of the Batman would you jerk off and why? And then it goes, and then it's like, <laughs> want to hear more? <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> Two guys are looking up Wikipedia. You'll never believe what happens next. <laughs> Scott Bayo. Somebody's been updating my Wikipedia page. Uh, I discovered this week while I was doing press in Cleveland. Russian mafia. I guess so. It's the Russian mafia. Julian Assange. Yeah. Maybe that's what Julian Assange should just do while he's like in the Ecuadorian embassy like you know while he's stuck there maybe you should become an imdb editor you know update people's wikipedia pages put his skills to use so he has internet access in that little embassy he's hiding out in oh i i mean because i mean does he sign in with his own account like he'd have to patch into their wi-fi and right like if you were the if you were the ecuadorian ambassadors and you had Julian Assange there. Would you feel comfortable like, giving him your Wi-Fi password? Because that's fucking his. Now he's into your laptop. I mean, that's a fair point. I, I don't know if you would give him the password, but he would. He'd be able to hack the password. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that would be disappointing if Julian Assange needed to know what the Wi-Fi password. Right. If he was. couldn't get into it, he was like, "No, I know what it is. Ecuadorable." 
Oh, good work. Nice one, guys. I love it. Equadorable 69. Um, I, Michael, can you Google uh, does Julian Assange have internet access at uh, the Ecuadorian embassy? Because I would actually... He must. I mean, I guess he does, right? Is he still running? Because, I mean, everyone's blaming WikiLeaks for all this, like, you know, the... the you know, the Hillary Clinton. The Hillary Clinton stuff. And I heard someone speculate that Donald Trump might even pardon Julian Assange. <laughs> I don't know if he has the complete right to do that, but it does kind of make sense, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I, I get the feeling we're going to see some a lot of things happening in the next four years, which we're like, I don't know if he can do that. Right. <laughs> Uh, one of the early things that I think is really interesting is this idea that he thinks he's still going to spend his weekends at his house in New York. Have you been following this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ecuador said on Tuesday uh, that it had cut the internet access of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, who is holed up at its London embassy due to leaks by the anti-secrecy website that it could impact the US election. Oh, yeah, okay. Holy shit. Right. So they cut his... So that's that's what it took to cut his access. <laughs> up until that point... Nothing before that? Up until that point, he was just like playing Candy Crush and, you know... Yeah. <laughs> looking up Westworld conspiracy theories. Little known fact, Julian Assange actually still has a Hotmail account. Yeah, that's how he keeps so private. Julian underscore Assange <laughs> 01 <laughs> at Hotmail.com. <laughs> Um, Limp Biscuit Fan 1 <laughs> at hotmail.com. Uh, um, have you been keeping up to date? We, we won't go into spoilers because I know that people, uh, but have you been keeping up to date with Westworld? Are you still in? Yes. Yes. And for the first time ever, I'm like terrible. Whenever there's like sort of puzzle shows or mystery shows or whatever, I'm always the, like the dumbest kid in the class. It's like, what? Who? So that's what's. Happening now? Oh, that, oh, I had no idea. Like, I was the guy who didn't pick Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense. Right. But I must admit, this last episode, I was like, oh, got it. I knew oh, it you knew it? it happened. Nice. I knew it. Yeah. And, and it was weird because it was not until, I mean, look, I had a suspicion that that reveal was going to happen to one of the characters. Yes. Yeah. But it wasn't until that episode. It was actually in the first 10 seconds of that episode. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a show about, you know, where you're confused about whether people are, you know, uh, these AI robots or whatever they are, cyborgs, whatever you call, whatever you call them, um, at, or human. So you kind of knew that at some stage, and there's probably going to be a few more that are going to be revealed to be various stages of one thing or the other. But I thought that was a satisfying yeah. payoff. I, I liked it. But I had an interesting experience with Westworld last week when I flew to America because... I think I told you a little while ago that I had decided I was going to listen to a bunch of Westworld podcasts and yeah. really get myself into it, and it's worked a treat. Now I'm like addicted to it, and now I'm regularly listening to about five or six of the best Westworld podcasts that I've like. And but last week I flew from Australia. Hang on, sorry, just pause. So you're listening to five or six podcasts a week. Yeah. Westworld podcasts. So a is week. that a, is that at least six hours? Or between sort of like four and six hours of podcast listening? Here's what I will tell you that Westworld podcasts aren't, Charlie. Short. Oh, wow. <laughs> like each of them is probably double the episode length, normally I would say. Because if you get a bunch of nerds around just discussing what went on in Westfield, Westfield, uh, Westfield? Westfield. <laughs> <laughs> Next year's show. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, if you get a bunch of nerds, because every scene in this sh no, there's another show coming called Westworld, which is about a bunch of welders working on a, a shipyard. <laughs> it's just guys who always wanted to be a welder. It's not as popular yeah. as the Western world, but yeah. yeah, it's actually about AFL footballer Scott West side business as a welder. <laughs> Scott Weld. I mean, shit, fuck that up. <laughs> Westworld. <laughs> Uh, oh man so um because a lot of the podcasts go through scene by scene and because there is so much in each scene oh shit you know you really do have like these in-depth conversations and because there's so many theories and conspiracies and, and whatever around the show like they spend a lot of time you know discussing all those various things and the thing i love is i think i've picked like four or five now where i get a real range of opinions like you know there's I mean, this, again, is not giving much away. There is a 
timeline theory that perhaps not everything mm. that we're seeing on the show is happening at the same time. That doesn't give too much away. And some people have been fervent subscribers to that theory from the start and some people have not been into that theory at all and have been trying to disprove it and then eventually like are being like, well, well maybe, we don't know. So it's nice, yeah. it's nice to have a good range of opinions. But last week for the first time, what I got was uh, something that I had not had before. And... I don't know how I feel about it because I think it might have changed it for me because when I flew from Australia, I missed episode six. So episode six. What are we up to now? What's the screen this week? Seven, I believe. Okay. So episode six, I missed and I would have taped it at home in Australia. So it'll be on my you know, DVR back in Australia, but I hadn't programmed it into my US DVR yet. And so I missed it in the flight right and so i didn't record it so um i was like well i can't listen to my westworld podcast and it's become such a big part of my week listening to my westworld podcast and i'm like i've got to find oh i've got to find this episode so i can listen to my westworld podcast and then eventually i just gave up on finding the episode and i listened to all my so you can't like just download it the next day oh uh, no no not here but i could Ooh. i've seen it since like, I've now seen it, yeah. but it was going to take a few days for it to come up on my DVR and whatever. So I yeah, right. So I listened to all my podcasts without seeing the episode, and I think I liked it more. I think I liked... Then when I saw the episode, I loved the episode. I was like, maybe that's the way I'm going to do it from now on. Maybe I'm not going to watch the oh, episodes. What? Maybe I'm going to listen to the podcast, and then I'm going to watch the episode. Wow. I know. That's interesting. You know what? I actually agree with that because I was there's a podcast I listened to that was talking about Luke Cage, which I only made three episodes in. I was like, this is not for I've me. I've only I'm made it two and a half so far. And then I listened to a podcast with two guys talking about it and they weren't two guys, one cage. overwhelmingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to sue them. Uh, but they weren't over enthusiastic about it, but they found enough interesting things in it discussing certain storylines or how things relate to other shows or whatever that I was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm not going to watch it to enjoy the storylines because it's just not grabbing me. But looking for that stuff, now that I know that's what's going on, that will be fun. So I do get the idea. I mean, I don't know if I'd do 12 hours of fucking podcasts before watching a one-hour show, well, but I do get the, the, the philosophy of it. I've got a massive gap in my schedule at the moment, Charlie, that was normally filled with AFL football podcasts. Oh, yeah. Since like that's been tough, hasn't it? Since draft week's over, since like all those football like podcasts that I love have stopped making. Like that, that's where my Westworld energy is going. I'm listening now yeah, right. to not only Westworld review podcasts but Survivor review podcasts. Like I'm listening to maybe yeah. six hours of Survivor review podcasts a week as well. You barrack for the Western Bulldogs in the off season. You watch Westworld to merge those. So you get the Western World. That'll be your like perfect. Your perfect show. No. It's just about a simulated reality in which the Bulldogs keep winning the flag. I mean, I kind of feel like this is meant to be a sign that I am not in a real reality. You know, this is meant to be my, like there's signs coming up all the time that the Bulldogs didn't really win the grand final. Oh, you know, no, the Cubs won the world championship and Donald Trump became president and... Let, let, okay, let's let's just think back. Was there a moment, just say, so grand final day, was there a moment before we went to the game where I told you about an experimental drug that I was trying and, hey, you should, you should try one, it sort of boosts your memory? And then you had it and you were like, oh, Charlie, I don't think it worked. And then we go to the game, the Bulldogs win the grand final, Donald Trump wins the election, but then, like, you'll wake up and you go, oh, it all goes back to that moment before the grand final where Charlie gave me an experimental memory drug. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. My, I guess my main thing would be, where did you get your hands on an experimental memory drug? <laughs> that would be my, the biggest question. Uh, uh, I don't know, but there are like, um, there's like, you know, the supplement industry, the health industry has a lot of bullshit mm. products. Like I'd say like 98%. They're now marketing brain products, which are like supplements you can take for your brain, which I don't really, I haven't looked that into. I imagine they're mostly just like guarana and caffeine. So it's like you feel like you're like extra attentive and stuff. But I wonder if um, there will be something coming along like a steroid for the brain, like something that can actually develop the capacity and stuff because we're not, we wouldn't be far off that, would we? Maybe it's like a, a chip enhancement or something like that. Well, that's that Bradley Cooper movie. I think we may have even talked about this before. Limitless. But Limitless. And I, I quite like the TV series yeah. they made out of it. But 
I don't know if we, we talked about this at the time, but if that drug was available, so there was some drug that you could take and mm. you were able to increase your brain function in that sort of way, is that something you would want to take? Uh, well, I guess it depends on what the pla- – does it plateau? Like if it's just uh, uh, expands into infinity where you just keep absorbing more information and requiring more information, then that would be hell. But if you could sort of say – if you took a five milligram limitless as opposed to a 10 milligram limitless, right. so five milligram gets you to, I don't know, like uh, uh, Steve Jobs or, or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, like uh, Richard Branson, some right. kind of level of maybe not necessarily intellectual, but, you know, a confidence and an awareness and a lateral thinking, then I would take that yeah, one. Yeah, so not limitless, but just limited. Yes. <laughs> You could make a sequel to Limitless about a guy whose ambitions aren't that great. It's like, look, if I could just start a dog walking business, right. if you could just give me enough brain capacity yeah. to think up how to run a dog walking I'll be happy. I want to own a McDonald's <laughs> franchise. Are you sure that's all you want? <laughs> so it's just been my dream, but... I want to become a social media influencer. Right. Uh, not ma- me a little bit not like massive, but like, you know, maybe... Yeah, I want to get 200,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> Limited. <laughs> A chilling vision of the future. Well, I guess it's that sort of thing of like, you know what, like there's people when they take any sort of drug who are like, you know what, just take a little bit first, see how you go with it, then mm. take some more if you if you want to later. So I mean, imagine you could take a little bit of the the limitless pill and just kind of see how it goes for a bit. I, th- th- I don't know, like if, you, if I am ground zero for this limited slash limitless pill, yeah. then I don't actually know... I don't know what my potential would lead me towards. Like if, if, your, if your personality and your interests are suddenly taken to the maximum, like I'm such a fucking layabout. Like I just get really good at looking up stuff online. <laughs> like, well, weirdly enough, I don't think you saw uh, Limitless, the TV show, did you? No. Because the dude who's in it, as opposed to kind of the Bradley Cooper character uh, in the movie, the dude who's in it, it, it reminds me a little bit of you. Like he's kind of, oh. and one of the clever things I thought they did with the show was like what you see all the, you know, interesting stuff through the prism of his kind of immature, like show pop culture mind. So, you know, they'll have a week where it's all kind of in the style of Ferris Bueller or if all, it's all in the style of yeah, like, right. and that, that's because it's his brain still interpreting, you know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so I, I think that actually it would be probably pretty similar to the TV show Limitless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't. So we'll put that one on the back burner. Yeah. Gemma was um, asking me yesterday. She's sort of working on this script at the moment. It's about a kid, and she was saying to me, um, like, as a kid, what were you really good at? Like, did, what was there? You know, could you like, uh, were you good with a yo-yo, or did you have like, you know, Rubik's cube or something? What were you excellent at? I racked my brains, and I could not think of one thing as a kid that I was exceptional at. I had like a, th- I could do really well. Like I did everything okay. Like you know, I rode a bike. I you know could ride a skateboard for a little bit. All the kind of natural things I could do a little bit of yo-yo stuff. But I wasn't I didn't excel at anything. I must have been a huge disappointment to my parents. Ah, oh, do do most kids excel at things though? Isn't that like I mean I I can't remember excelling at anything. Well, there wasn't one thing that you could do that like it was like a party trick or it was like your thing. Like you could mimic. Could you mimic anyone or Charlie? You've worked with me and know me, like me for a decade or more. Oh, you know when, what? when have you ever heard me I, mimic anybody? I could anybody? do this. I could do. I could do this. All right. All right. Do you want to describe what's going on? Charlie has put his ass towards the microphone and is currently <laughs> farting out the national anthem. No, you've done the old lick your palms and make the fart noise with your hands. I can do that. And I don't know many other people who can do it. I can't can do, you it? do it. No. I mean, you can't do it now. Can you do, You're holding a mic. Can you do the one under your arm? Can you do the arm one? Yeah, I can do that. Can't do either of those. Oh, here we go. Here we go. See, this is the stuff they click through to the private show for. <laughs> I mean, this is... I don't know if this you're is, that up. This is something actually that does need the visual. <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> Yeah, but I wouldn't say I was the best at that. There was other kid. There was a kid called Nick Barrett at my primary right. school who could make fart sounds from every part of his body. Yeah, no. like he could put it. He could do it under his knee, do it under his arm. He could. He did that forearm one, you know, where you blow into your forearm, and you can get like a really loud, wet sounding one going. I was never that kid. 
Do you think... But I could do the hand one. Right. So that was my special skill. But that's not much of a skill when you've got another guy at school who, like, dominates and can fart from every hole. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's not really your skill. Shit, man. But hang on. But isn't it a bit like the difference between Superman and The Flash? Like, I'm The Flash because I specialise in that one fart manoeuvre. Whereas Superman can do everything pretty well, but he can't necessarily get that one going. You know what I mean? Like, I'm better at him than the hand Were one. Were you better at the hand one than he was? Or was he better at the hand yes. one also than you? No, no. He was more. He specialised more in the forearm and the armpit. Right. And I was hand guy. Right. Is that because hand's the easiest one, though? Was he, like, more of it, like, he wanted more of a challenge? No, no, no. That's. I mean, you can't do the hand one. You could probably do the armpit one or the forearm one. I can't. But I, I don't know... I actually really don't know anyone who can fart just using the palms of their hands. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's my special skill. Thanks for helping me work that out. I don't feel like I've had one. I, I don't know. I can't remember anything in particular when I was a kid. Yo-yo? Hula hoop? No, I did yo-yo. I liked yo-yo, but I was never any good at... Like, I could do, like, a couple of tricks, but never anything good. I could maybe, like, walk with a dog or whatever. And um, I couldn't skip very well you know when people would do like proper skipping i couldn't do that very well um, <laughs> i had skipping rope or just skipping down the street happily i mean either with my hips but <laughs> but skipping rope i mean jumping rope that was a okay, right. a big thing um yeah. rubik's cube i had one but i was never much good at doing it i never picked off the stickers and stuck them back on and pretended that i'd done it though i felt like that was a point of pride but i never completed one i don't think i don't think i ever completed a rubik's cube i know what i was good at did you ever play Brandy at your primary school? Yeah, yeah. You call it Brandy? Yeah, Brandy. So, Brand- so Brandy, I don't know what you call it in the States or other parts of the world, but it's where a bunch of kids in a playground, one of them has a tennis ball and he just tries to hit the other kids by throwing the ball at them. If you get hit, you're branded and then you join his team and you chase the other kids around trying to hit them with a tennis ball. Right. <laughs> That's, and you called it Brandy? Yeah, we called it Brandy. <laughs> so the way the rules work is if you get cornered by uh-huh. someone who's trying to throw the ball at you and they throw it and you catch it, you stay alive, like you just throw the ball back and you keep running. So I was really good at catching the ball. Like I would get cornered and people would throw You can either punch it away with a clenched fist or you can catch it. And I was always really good at that. I was very good at brandy. Okay. Again, I feel like you've got a couple of threats in the playground that I did not have. I can't remember being <laughs> really? particularly good at any British Bulldog. No. You would have been good at British no, Bulldog. No, no, because I'm... Bigger than the other kids? Because I'm gutless. You know, like that's a game for... Tough kids, British Bulldog. I, I'm not a... No, you just got to run. Oh, uh, not... Uh, and weren't you bigger than the other kids too? I mean, bigger, but not tougher. Yeah, but I could just see you lumbering forward with like three or four like fourth graders hanging off your back. Nah, they'd touch me and it'd hurt, so I'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a pachyderm. Yeah. You're like a gentle giant. Right, so not that. What was I good at? There must have been something that I was good at. Football. Football. Yeah, but not until like high school, really, rather than like, I can't remember being like the gun sports person at, in fact, even ath- athletics and stuff when I eventually got quite good at like high school athletics and won a bunch of stuff at the, including a record that someone messaged me a couple of years ago to say that was just broken. That was one of those ones. <laughs> you know, when it's like, like, A, I did not know that I held this record, but B, that somebody had just like out of the blue like messaged me to go hey you know this record you had in like triple jump at this like high school athletics thing it finally got broken after all these years i was like a i wish i'd known because i would have got some small bit of pride out of being like the you know triple jump record holder for 20 years in sale or whatever but secondly because i hadn't known that it had happened and then it was over i felt a real loss i felt a real i was actually really disappointed (laughs) It's like you discovered you had a child <laughs> right. that had grown to adulthood yeah. but then passed away. Right. You're like, oh, I'm a dad. <laughs> oh, he's dead. I'm so sorry. So they didn't notify you at the time or you just forgot? I mean, I can't even remember at the time being... I mean, when I was doing high school athletics, I didn't even... What's the, what's the, tri- what's the, tri- what's the triple jump? Is that hop, the hop, step, skip, hop, and, a skip jump and jump? The... Yeah. Hop, step and jump. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was pretty good at that. I, my three events, I was a, a, a fast 100-meter sprinter. But couldn't do the proper start. Could only do the standing start. Um, <laughs> I was uh, pretty good at uh, triple jump and uh, shot put. That were my three weird high at high school that I was. I was good at a bit of a random sort of. I was. I, was I, 
I was not good at athletics because every event was just a bit too long. Like 100 meters was just 20 meters too long for me to sprint. The 800 meters was about, you know, 200 meters too long for me to jump. <laughs> like all the events were just a little bit too hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I um I had a sweet two-year period in high or two or three-year period in high school athletics where I was again when I grew and you know just kind of suddenly was growing into my body a bit. I I I remember the day. It must have been about year eight, I reckon it was, and it was a year eight high school sports carnival because I think I reckon the year before I hadn't really done that well at all. And I hadn't really been training or anything because it's like, you know, back then in year eight, it's not like you're training towards these events. They just happen and everyone just has a go and you see how good you are, you know. And I remember my mum picking me up from school that day and like my chest is covered in ribbons because I just had one of those meets where just the timing wise when I had grown into my body versus where everybody else was, where suddenly just for a really small period, I was Usain Bolt. Like, and it had come out of nowhere. Like, so it was a real surprise to everyone as much as it was to me, but it was only a very short period. That's that's amazing because there's not going to be many other opportunities in life where genetics conspire in a way that for a short period of time, you are physically more capable than your peers like that won't happen again you know maybe after 18 that doesn't really happen so you've just got to enjoy those moments of being the incredible hulk i mean i wish i'd known that's the idea of retrospect isn't it if i knew then what i know now about that i probably would have enjoyed it more it's like those kids you ever see those kids um because obviously rugby league and rugby union are games that are played a lot by you know, island nations and like, you know, uh, places that have indigenous cultures that produce, you know, big boys, but also uh, boys who develop really, really young. Have you ever seen any of those footage of like under 12 games yeah. in like, you know, yeah. <laughs> where some and young Fijian is like eight foot tall and 120 kilos and just dragging tiny people behind him? But there's, I remember, um, I mean, that's the story of junior sport though. Right. Like as a kid, our ruckman in the under 12s or something was a guy who probably by today's standards, well, probably then he was five foot 10, but you know, when you're all 12 years old, like that's the equivalent of a six foot six ruckman. And he would just smash through players during a game. Like he wasn't that good, but it's just, you couldn't touch him. You couldn't get near him. He would just grab the ball and run and just like knock kids (laughs) over. Well, that was it was amazing. That was really the Anthony Bannock story. I mean, now we're straying into our football podcast, but Anthony Bannock, who was the number one draft choice for Richmond, I played junior football with him. We played schoolboy football together, and he was one of those kids who looked, he was playing adult football at like fourteen or whatever, like first adult football. And when he came and played with us, we were all still kids. He was like a guy who'd been to the gym and had like a footballer's body, and he just mm. dominated. Yeah, I, I would eat a I would eat a pie at half time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever listen to rev up music oh yeah all the time like we used to have rev up music like it was a big part of the culture at hayfield at the football club so there'd always be a ghetto blaster yeah. um you know blaring in the in the change rooms uh what were your class oh okay uh, i'm gonna i'm thinking of at least three songs that i know that were definitely on it See if you can guess. Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Eye, of the, yes, Eye correct. the Tiger. Tick. So one from one. Uh, oh, okay. I've got, is, one I, of the bands, is one of the bands Australian? Uh, yep. One of the bands is Australian. Well, one of the artists okay. is Australian, I would say, more than the band. But he was in a very famous Australian band as well. So it's Barnes. Jimmy Barnes, yep. And the song is... Oh, fuck. Which Barnes is song? That wouldn't be... It's an it's a pump up yeah. Barnsley song, yeah, from his solo career. So it's not going to be working class. No, man, is it? the lyrics are. Imagine the no. lyrics kind of you know, play on the idea of football as well, or on the idea of competition. Uh, shit, man. I don't know. Tell me what song. Ain't no second prize. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, that was. I was about to go to. Um, Lay down your guns, <laughs> which doesn't really work in a competitive context. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff from his soul album. <laughs> <laughs> River Deep Mountain High. <laughs> Gee, these bloody kids from uh, it was the, the Hayfield. We play, played a lot of Tin Lids <laughs> tracks. Really fired us up. 
Um, okay, another one that I know was definitely on there uh, was uh, how can I give you a clue for this without it? Well, it was not a necessarily a charted pop song, but it was a very iconic piece of music. Um, we are the champions. Oh, we are the champions was but, definitely on it. Queen. I don't think anyone in the Hange, I don't think anyone in the Hayfield changing rooms understood that that was a gay rights anthem at the time. <laughs> don't feel like that's why they were playing it. I feel like this wasn't on the playlist, but every pump up video or song I've seen has all fired up by Pat Benatar. Oh yeah, no. Did that, she ever, we did did she ever we, get a spin? No, we didn't have that, but that's a good that's a good choice. Uh, at, my, at my high school, when they'd put together the highlights packages of the football end of the year, that'd be Pat Benatar all fired up would definitely be there. In fact, I think that was the name of the highlights package was all fired up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So a, a uh, piece of okay, music. So it's a, it's a, it's a, oh, it's the Rocky theme. The Rocky theme, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you basically just described my Spotify playlist <laughs> when I go to the gym. You know what I think there was as well? Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure this is true. Um, it was certainly on a Rev Up theme song mix from those days, whether it was at Hayfield or whether it was a high school one. Um, but I think you'll uh, like it. We're talking hair metal. Okay. Uh, is it a Guns N' Roses? No, not Guns N' Roses. Kind of a bit... Motley Crue? No, a bit more campy hair metal than perhaps those guys. Uh, uh, poison? Uh, not quite Poison, though. Def Leppard? No. Uh, <laughs> I, reckon there was a de- <laughs> I reckon there was a Def Leppard song on there. Like, there definitely would have been, but that's, no, that's not who I'm thinking of. Kiss? Kiss? No. It wasn't Kiss? No. Fucking hell, I've named every, like, him. Um, Van Halen? No. Jesus Christ, White Although I think the Scorpions. I think Jump by Van Halen probably was on that mix. I think it definitely, the Hayfield <laughs> Football Club, Jump by Van Halen would have been definitely been on the mix. Uh, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take Correct it. answer, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I remember I played in like an under-12s grand final, under-13s or something. And my older brother, Jamie, who's like 11 years older than me, said he, he came to the changing rooms to, you know, wish me good luck before the game. But when he looked in the changing room, the door was open and it was a bunch of kids in their underwear running around trying to fire themselves up to the little river band and John Farnham. This time I'm playing to win. <laughs> if you want me, come again. <laughs> don't have a chance if you don't move now. Come on, fellas. We're going to beat them. Come on, guys. Come on. We're going to smash them. What what was your uh, what was your 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 go to rev up on the field like you know to urge your, your teammates on? Did you have like a saying or a phrase? What was yours? Can you remember? Oh god, I got a couple. I was a bit of a chatter on the field, yep. as you can imagine. Yep. Uh, come on, East, let's blitz them. Blitz them. <laughs> yeah, and then my real fucking. If I wanted to really have a digger, like good work, good work, guys. They don't want it. They don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. That that was definitely bit of reverse, bit of reverse psychology. That's a classic, though. They don't want it, guys. They're out of it. They're not even yeah, trying. They don't want enough. Um, Do you have any? I can't remember sledges? what I would have said on the field. I don't think I was particularly a lippy person. I remember when I was playing high school football. When I was about fifteen or sixteen, I started to get a lot more lippy, and a guy nearly drowned yeah. me in the mud. Uh, like this is true. Uh, it was it, it sail oval, and it had been raining, raining, raining. So in the centre where the cricket pitch normally was, it was just like it was like the old Moorabbin. It was just like a muddy, yeah, yeah. horrible. And in fact, glue pit to the point where the ball would go right into the centre, and the umpire would have to blow time off and go and get the ball, and then like bring it back <laughs> out because no one could actually go in there and get it. And I remember at the time I said something to this guy. Um, oh, you know what it was. So he called me uh, the F word, uh, you know, uh, rhymes with white maggot, that one. And, uh, and I said, oh, there's a gay bar just around the corner. We can go there after the game if you, if you want to come. And then this dude grabbed my hair and pushed my face into the mud and just like held me in the mud. Like I was like, you're going to kill me. You're going to murder me for my comedy. I remember a guy, a much bigger guy from a team we were playing. Uh, you know, he was he was sort of bumping me as we were running through the middle, and then he said to me, "He's stopped. He's done a big, high, sort of spinning kung fu kick in the air, and he's gone. 
Mate, I've been to Tirana. I'll go back. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then, is Tirana a prison or did he mix up the name of a car with a with the name of a prison? No, I think... Was there a Tirana prison? I reckon Tirana was the youth juvenile... It, it right. was Juvie, mate. Oh, that's he right. Was like, he, basically, he yeah, was saying, juvie. I've been to Juvie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and if that, but yeah, but he felt like that wasn't going to sell right. it. So it was the high spin kick that really <laughs> sold it. Yeah. I mean, Tirana is much like the League of Shadows. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go in, you get taken under the wing of this guy who teaches you sweet ninja skills. And then you go out to play amateurs footy. <laughs> I mean, Juvie, mate. Did you ever know any kids who went to Juvie? Uh, only by like rumor. Uh-huh. It was generally a way of getting status at the blue light disco. Oh. If I remember, like there was guys you wouldn't go talk to because he'd been to juvenile hall. Right. Did the girls like that? Do you think it was like a bad boy thing? They were like, "Oh, he's been to juvie." Well, this is the era I was going to like blue light discos in the era of nineties R and B. Should so, we explain to we should we explain to international listeners what a blue light disco is? Is it a, just an Australian phenomenon? The blue light disco. Uh, so it's an underage uh, nightclub. Yeah. So it's you, you know, kids under eighteen can go. There's no alcohol served there, but they just play. It's like a nightclub just with no alcohol. They play music. There's bouncers. There's bar staff. It's just it's no alcohol. And and a lot of bunch like of kids a lot of finger, fingering in the corner. My brother one night, and I, I hope I'm getting the number right, but it's it's something around this. Like, I remember him coming home from a Blue Light Disco and he, like, pashed eight girls at the Blue Light Disco. And I remember just being extraordinarily jealous because he was, like, nearly two years younger than me and I hadn't pashed eight girls total at that stage. And he'd gone to one Blue Light and just... It's like being the older Baldwin brother and then Alec comes out. Like, oh, fuck. Or being like Bo Bridges, and then Jeff comes along. You're like, oh, oh Jesus, come on, mate. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, the the blue light disco. That when I was growing up, it was like in the it was in the era of New Jack Swing to call back uh, to another Tofop episode. Uh-huh. But um, hip hop was really big, and it was when do you remember when people would buy their baseball caps? But they would sit them really high on their head. Mm-hmm. You'd buy your your starter cap. You basically wouldn't put it on your skull. You'd just sit it precariously on the top of your head, yeah. keeping as much of the original shape. And you'd keep the sticker on the on the brim yep. and all that kind of shit. So the bad boys at the Blue Light Disco, they would all be dressed like East 17, like just sort of white boy homies. All right. But they, all right. You, but you knew they were bad boys because the starter cap that they're wearing, uh-huh. they would leave the tag on the, from whatever shop they'd stolen, stolen it, it from. from. So they'd have like the Maya clip or whatever. That was like, that was like the Blue Light Disco equivalent of the teardrop. You didn't fuck with those boys because they will steal a starter cap. <laughs> I mean, a lot of Chicago Bulls gear in that in those days. I mean, big Luke Longley fans, I imagine. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, music, I did want to actually mention. I can't remember if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but I thought, considering that Leonard Cohen uh, passed away in the last week, I might. I, I, I'm sure I've told you this story, if not the listeners. But um, I, one of the greatest concert experiences I ever had in my life was uh, being lucky enough to go and see Leonard Cohen a few years ago and it all happened um, well firstly the tour wasn't even meant to happen but his manager ripped off all his money so Leonard had to go back out on the road again he wasn't going to tour again so firstly I'd just like to give a big shout out that to his corrupt manager for making it possible because without that I never would have got to see Leonard Cohen so mate steal on I hope you're enjoying your house in the Bahamas or wherever the fuck you live now he's probably in juvie I don't know but so (laughs) I was meant to be going to see uh, Leonard Cohen uh, at one of those you know they have those like in the park or what do they call a day on the green or yeah so at a vineyard right Generally, jazz festivals and stuff happen like that. Right. So they were going to do Leonard Cohen up in the Hunter there's Valley. No sniff. There's no sniffer dogs. There's not like forty thousand people lining up for the one toilet. Oh, there's not like a particular tent you can go to and you give the guy a wink and a smile. And I mean, I think they still have sniffer dogs, but they're just sniffing the wine. They're mostly sommeliers. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, good year, good year, good boy. <laughs> So um, I was meant to be going to this, but then my manager, Diony, 
unfortunately, her her mother, who had you know raised her and she she loved very very much, they were very close, um, uh, got really sick really quickly, and so her and her now husband uh, decided that they would get married while her mum could still be there to see it, and it happened to be on the day that I had booked these tickets to go and see Leonard Cohen you know, in the Hunter Valley. So I couldn't go. So I, I, you know, obviously went to my manager's, you know, wedding and those sort of things. But I was disappointed. I would have loved to go. He was doing another show at the Entertainment Centre in Sydney, which they've now knocked down. But um, he was doing an extra show there, but it was completely sold out. There was no tickets left. Anyway, Diony, in the middle of like, you know, dealing with her, you know, mother being very ill and having to get married and do all these things at short notice, also rings up the entertainment center on my behalf and says, look, just if any tickets come up for any reason, can you just let us know? We're happy to buy them, whatever, but just, you know, just let us know if any come up, which she did not have to do. I was just resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to get to see Leonard Cohen. So a couple of days beforehand, um, Johnny's rung me up and gone, oh, we got you some tickets. They had a couple of competition winners pull out. Uh, there's two tickets spare left over. You can just, you know, buy those tickets, you know, and they're happy to sell them to you for regular price and whatever. And it should have been the moment when he said competition winners that I was clued in, but I just didn't really get that bit of it. Like I just heard, oh, great, we've got tickets. So we go along and I pick up the tickets and it's pretty obvious that we're sitting in the front row. Like there's... Wow. 10,000 people there or whatever, but we are in the front row. But not only are we in the front row, Charlie, we are literally the two seats front and center at the gig, like the best seats in the entire house for this show, right? Because they were the competition winner's seats that we've ended up filling. So they're the most brilliant seats in the entire house. And for months, I mean, it was one of the greatest, I've been lucky enough to travel around the world and say heaps of great music, you know, it's a passion of mine, but easily top five shows I've ever seen in my entire life. The whole thing was just magnificent, brilliant. What a genius artist and he will be greatly missed. But my favorite thing about it was for about three months afterwards, I would just have random strangers come up to me in the street Hmm. and go, hey, do you enjoy Leonard Cohen? And I I would think that was a bit weird. And I would just like, I would tell them, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then eventually... Like, I just stopped one of them and said, how do you know that I was at Leonard Cohen? And they're like, oh, there was a camera for us sitting up the back so that we could see what's going on. And every three seconds, they would do a sweep shot of the front row and you'd just be sitting there and we were all just going, look at him. (laughs) So, yeah. We recognize that guy. Yeah, we know that guy. Adam Hills. (laughs) How did Adam Hills get these good seats? (laughs) Can't believe Adam Hills won that competition. (laughs) Uh, where where are you travelling to next? So, Cleveland for the rest of the weekend, and then um, then I'm off to I'm doing now. Give me some, give me some Cleveland facts. Okay. Um, well, I've seen a real uh, transformation in this city since I've been coming here. Because when I first came to Cleveland, there was a real depression over the whole you know, city. Um, and then LeBron decided to come back to Cleveland. You know, the big famous. I'm going to come back and bring yeah. a championship to. Yeah. To Cleveland, and I, I remember coming back where he, when he'd come back, and people there was just a real buzz that LeBron had come back. It had really kind of affected the city just that he'd come back. And then they had that season where they almost won, but they didn't win. But they were still pretty positive about that, I think. And then he delivered them the championship they've won it for all those years. Um, and now the city has a real buzz and vibe about it. In fact. To be honest, they're now at the point where LeBron told them all to vote for Hillary and they didn't because they were like, fuck you, LeBron. Like two years ago, they would have done anything LeBron asked, but now they're a little cocky about the success. They're, Yesterday's news. Their team, the Indians. Uh, so there's obviously a, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a lot of a controversy about the fact that they're still called the Indians. They just almost won the, the World Series and their football team, the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, uh, are 0-12 this season. So... Still going terribly, their football team. But the city... Of- Changing their name to the Cleveland Steamers. Right. So, the... <laughs> I mean, now... I mean, even the Cle- Cleveland Browns... Uh, yeah, okay, go on, please. <laughs> well, I believe a Cleveland Steamer is when someone drops trowel <laughs> and lays a turd across your chest. Uh-huh. And do you, Is that your understanding Do of you it? think that that started in Cleveland? <laughs> What, as to sort of raise uh, publicity or something? Well, maybe it's a way of supporting the Browns. 
If you're a really big Browns fan, that's how you showed it. Mike Howell, can you just do a quick search on the history of the term Cleveland Steamer, please? Yeah, origin. That would be that'd be yeah. Cleveland Steamer origin. Story. Because that's what that that's what we should that's a good use of uh, the money we're paying our producer. <laughs> So when we have to declare this as a hobby for tax purposes, I'll say, look, this is what the money was spent on. Um, so it's a pretty cool city, though. I will say that. It's like um, I'm here with a, a, a guy who's done my other podcast, Fofop, Ramon Rivas. Uh, he's working with me and um, he's a local. And th- that man, like when it comes to like searching out good food, he is like Liam Neeson when his daughter's gone missing. He like as soon as you say to him, "Hey, should we eat or should we go and get some food?" He just clicks into this like trance-like state and then just navigates you through the city to where the best food is. I've had so much good food since I've been here; it's been great. City, city proud. Yeah. What is the? Is there like a? Is there like a Cleveland dish, like a cheesesteak or something like that? Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. What are they famous for? I'm not sure what the the Cleveland. You know, the kind of most... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's steamed greens, so you can order a bowl of Cleveland steamers. Yeah, imagine if there was a shop called Cleveland steamers, and it's just all... It's a dry cleaning. <laughs> yeah, if you own, you if you own your, a dry uh, cleaning place... Like Cleveland steamers. If you, if you live in Cleveland, and you own a dry cleaner, and you don't call it Cleveland steamers... Oh, you'll love this today. I went past a place called In- Insomnia Cookies uh, and they deliver warm <laughs> yeah. cookies to your house until 3 a.m. That's amazing. Right? Have you had it done yet? No. I mean, I went in because I was just near it. So I went in and got some warm cookies. But... but here's the thing, Will. You can take a normal cookie, put it in the microwave. It's a warm cookie. <laughs> I don't have a microwave in this hotel room, Charlie. So. Oh, yeah. That's right. You've only got those handcuffs hanging from the top of your bed. <laughs> if you want to see my sweet warm cookie, click through this link now. <laughs> I think Mike. Mike, how? I don't know if Mike, how? Are you are you, are you struggling? Have you just stopped listening? Yeah. Or are you are you struggling to find the origin the of Cleveland Steamer? Two clicks for yes. Oh, one looking for, for it. Okay, he's looking for it. That's okay. He's looking for it. I can't believe it's actually taking this long. I thought it'd be like number one. I thought uh, if you type. Cle- Hey, type Cleveland into Google and see where Steamer comes up. I mean, I got to be honest with you. It might be one of those things where it's more than the fact that he's had to wade through a lot of un- yeah, it's a deep hole. Yes, that's what I think would be the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, if there's one thing we all know, Cleveland Steamers come from a deep a hole. Deep hole. Oh my god! All right, let's both Google at the same time and see if that helps. I'm going to just do the Cleveland. I'm just going to Google Cleveland yeah. and see where Steamer comes up. On, the, on my list. Okay, so Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Cleveland, Wikipedia. Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Other... Do Cleveland S. Okay. Cleveland S. Yeah, well, I've got to say, searches related to Cleveland, it does not come up in the top whatever. So we got Cleveland MBA, Cleveland Points of Interest, Cleveland UK, Ooh. Cleveland Family Guy, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio Map, Cleveland versus Golden State. Oh, the NBA final. Cleveland time. Cleveland zip code. Okay, let's go with Cleveland S. Cleveland State University. Ah, oh, so close. Cleveland scene. Cleveland State University jobs. Cleveland State blackboard. No, okay. What's well, not? Okay, let's go. No, still doesn't make it if I put ST. Let's go with A. Cleveland <laughs> steamer. Here we have it. Uh, just uh, beating out Cleveland steakhouses. And Cleveland Steel Container. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't want to mix those two up, right? The Steakhouse and the Steamer. All right, let's uh, go. Take me to your best Cleveland Steamer. All right, firstly, uh, Cleveland Steamer. uh, All right. um, A sexual act by nature, fetish. The Cleveland Steamer is when one person craps on another person's chest. Oh, and then, very important... Uh-oh. Sits oh, sits down and rocks back and forth like a steamroller. <laughs> I didn't know there was that bit to it. Some and weirdly, I feel bad about that. I feel bad that everyone had to hear that. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Mine felt was a more innocent. 
more innocent time, but the uh, steamrolling act, that's uh, that's horrible. Okay, firstly, okay, here we go. Um, I, I, because obviously, you know, fans of this podcast are known as teabaggers, uh, this Urban Dictionary uh, click-through has got my attention because it says, Urban Dictionary, Cleveland steamer with reverse teabag. <laughs> so... The act isn't that the name of that new Harry Potter film, Fantastic Beasts and the Reverse Teabag? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cleveland Steamer and Reverse Teabag. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, the act of defecating on your partner's chest during sex and then dragging your testicles across their face as you dismount them in reverse <laughs> direction. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. That seems uh, that that seems that seems too much. Seems like an unnecessary. Uh, amount of detail. I feel uh, now you look that up yourself. I get the feeling Mike Hal had that information, but was attempting to uh, protect the listeners. That's correct, Charlie. Uh, yeah, look, there's there's a lot of images of of the <laughs> Cleveland steamer um, that. Uh, I mean, I guess we. I mean, that's I what. Want... Are you looking at pictures? Oh well, they were all kind of. Um, they weren't pictures. Picture, yeah, drawings, exactly. Illustrations, I guess, yeah. is what I was like. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to put Cleveland Steamer from Cleveland. I want to know, like, if there is an actual, like, you know, Wiktionary. Let's have a look. Maybe maybe Cleveland were pioneered steamrollers. All right. Um, all right. Coprophilia. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I'm looking this up on a hotel's internet. And so, <laughs> yeah. I, I may get a knock on the door at any stage, but okay. All right. <laughs> the Cleveland steamer is a colloquial term for the for a form of coprophilia where someone defecates on their partner's chest. The term received news attention through its use in a U.S. Congress staff hoax email and being addressed by the United States Federal Communications <laughs> Commission. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of fun what alright but there doesn't I can't find anything about there's no origin yeah oh here we go uh, oh, here we go what does Michael say date of the earliest known uh, attestation on the internet February 3 1995 so goes back to 1995 on the Usenet news group alt sex in response to the question what is a steamer oh okay yeah. well there you go okay that's just one of those things that's just plucked from air. 95. Well, I mean, what's that? 20 years. It's, like, it's been around for 20 years. Yeah. So, 95. Guns and Roses are at the top of the charts. <laughs> it's the year 1995. I can't actually think. 1995, who was at the top of the charts? It would have been like Pearl Jam. It's Pearl Jam. I remember seeing Pearl Jam in 95. Right. Um, hang on. I'm going to... All right. Here we go. I've, I've, I've brought up the Billboard magazine Top 100 Songs of 1995. There's... This will be a fun uh, way to finish this episode because we have to finish up soon because I've got a couple of shows tonight. But um, let's go top ten and see yeah. how um, see how well you do. So from ten downwards, these were the Billboard magazine top hundred songs of nineteen ninety five. Um, okay, so I don't starting at ten. Starting at ten, I don't know if you'll actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Okay, maybe you know what? Let's just start. I'm going to say at. Uh, oh, Jesus. Um, I, I reckon you won't... Re okay, let's just do the top five. Let's do the top five, I reckon. Okay. Because I'm not sure... Okay, right. I'll, I'll count you down from 10, but we'll just guess from top five. Uh, at, yeah, count me down from 10, because yeah. that will help me guess yeah. the five. Uh, in number 10 place, This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Do you remember that song? This is how we do it. <laughs> yep, that one. Uh, I don't remember this song by Monica at number nine, Don't Take It Personal, Just One of Dem Days. Do you remember that? Don't know that song. No. Uh, in eighth place, uh, Madonna's song, Take a Bow, which just, I can't even remember that song. So that just must have been a, nah. that just must have been a period where Madonna could release anything and it would go to the top of the charts. Uh, seventh place, former fiance of Jamie Packer, Mariah Carey, uh, with her song, oh. Fantasy. Uh, the Real McCoy uh, at number six with Another Night. Okay. What the fuck? Are they a country and western band? So I will okay, so I will, I will tell you this. I mean, this is the Billboard magazine. So this is America. I will say that this was a time where all, okay, all the top five 
uh, African American or at least uh, you know a kind of I would say urban artists R and B kind of that sort of stuff. All right. So uh, uh, in fifth place, uh, they were a very very popular like uh, group at the time, a vocal group. Boys to men. Boys to men. <laughs> Boys to Men. Uh, Thank you. The song was on, um, on Bended Knee. I don't know if I, you remember that one, but. Don't know that song. No. Uh, in fourth place, a song that featured uh, in a Batman movie. I, would, I will say that. Uh, uh, Kiss from a Rose Seal. Fourth place, Kiss from a Rose Seal. Uh, second place and third place are the same vocal group. Oh. And. These are two still, you know, people would remember these songs. Um, okay. A vocal group. In third place. That isn't boys to me. The song has, um, I will say this, the song has the same title as a Radiohead song, if that gives you any clue. Uh, okay. Is it, are they female? Female, correct. Good instincts. Um, are they, is it TLC? It is indeed TLC. In uh, third place, Creep by TLC. And in second place, Waterfalls by TLC. Uh, in first place, Charlie. I don't want to give you two. 95. Biggest song of the year. <coughs> no, um, male or female? Male. Biggest song in 95. Yeah. Man, what was I doing? I was listening to grunge. I don't know about R&B back then. I mean, uh, you'd, you'd know this one. It was from a movie. It was the... It was a hit, okay. it was a hit song from from a, a movie of the year. Oh. It was definitely that. Is it a de- w- Will Smith? I mean, you're, no. you're in the right zone, but not quite. Uh, not Will Smith. No. Who else did movie soundtrack songs? A solo artist? Uh, well, it's an, it's actually a featuring, but people remember it as being this person's song, even though they're actually, you know, just it's it's a uh. featuring. Oh, shit, man. I don't know. This is tough. Is it Michael Jackson? No. Shit. Oh yeah, there was a pa- there uh, was a the pa- there was a parody of it that was very very popular. That's true. Fucking by Weird, Weird Al Yankovic, of course. Oh yeah, I mean, who else would it be? Like, hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, so you uh, buy by me, eat it. I would uh, say I don't I, know, man. Oh. Uh, Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, Charlie. Oh, Gangster's Paradise. All right. Uh, so that was the year, which brings me to this news. Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice, Salt and Pepper, and more unite for 27, 2017 Australian 90s tour. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. Where the headliner has only one song. <laughs> Vanilla Ice tops a mammoth bill of pre-millennium faves. Uh, so this is your lineup. Uh, we've got Vanilla Ice, Salt and Pepper, Coolio, Color Me Bad, Tone Loke, and Young MC. I got to be honest with you. I would probably go to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you could actually fit them all on the one bill, is because if they all play their hit songs, then you'll be out of there right. in like seventy minutes. Yeah, that's the. I mean, it's actually a really great festival in some ways. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's the equivalent of your guilty pleasure Spotify playlist, but live. Right. Yeah. Or uh, I used to think it would be a great idea to have a music festival called One Hit Wonders, and so you just had a stage at either end of the field, and so one band would come on and just play their one good song, <laughs> and then like you'd just look the other way, and the one band would play their one good song, and in the meantime, somebody else would come on to do their one good song. I think that would be a good lineup. Well, and. And occasionally you break it up with Weird Al Yankovic doing a parody of the song you just saw. <laughs> All right, let's wind it up. Do you have shows to play? Yeah, I'm in uh, San Francisco, Seattle and Portland next weekend as a guest on the Live Dollop Tour. So those shows will be really fantastic. So come along to those. Uh, the week after that, I am in Alaska where weed is legal. This is my legal weed tour, basically. <laughs> so I was in Portland where it's legal. All those places next weekend are legal. Cleveland, it may as well be legal, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, 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 the week after that, I'm in Denver, where uh, weed is legal. And then the weekend after that, I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin, where it's not. So, if anyone 
wants to help me out, that'd be great. I uh, My Critically <laughs> Will tour is on sale and, and is going on sale in a bunch of other places uh, this week. So James Fosdyke has done a brilliant new, new poster for me, which he finished this week and just sent through to me. It looks amazing as usual. So uh, Critically Will, uh, all the dates on my website, willanderson.com.au. And we should mention the Patreon again, speaking of James. Yeah, if you want to uh, support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash tofop. So you can donate any amount from a dollar up to will ten dollars. Well, no, it can go up to twenty at this stage. Okay, more 20. if you want. More if you want. The point being, there is, <laughs> there, there is no limit. There's no limit. Whatever you think the value of this podcast is, like I guess, look, let's break it down into simple mathematics. Ten cents per joke. If you <sighs> like this podcast, but and that's subjective. So yeah. you can say, well, there's five. Well, you have to, but there has to be at least ten good jokes for you to donate a dollar, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So just put 10 cents per joke and then work out what you're getting per episode and then throw that to the Patreon page. Whatever you can afford is what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, really, we're trying to do at least... Next year, it's going to be 20 cents a joke. So fucking get onto it now while we're... Because soon the market's going to crash. Trump's going to take over. Everything's going to go to shit. We're selling Tofop shares, 10 cents a joke. Get in now. Get in now before we Is they're only going to go up. We're all going to need a lot of laughs yeah. in the next few years. This is your retirement Get in low, plan. sell high. Get, yeah, get in on yeah. Topop now and retire happy in like 30 or 40 years from now. <laughs> all right. Uh, no, it, whatever, whatever you can give is, is awesome. And we, and we, we sort of endeavor to put rewards up. Um, you know, James is doing this great comic strip called Everyone Relax, which is based on conversations we've had on the show. Uh, we're doing more live shows next year. You'll get uh, early notice on when we're doing live shows. A um, bunch of other stuff coming up. So uh, uh, you help us, we'll help you pay for our mistakes. Uh, thank you very much, Charlie. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.